0: Our This Week in XR podcast is sponsored by our friends at Zapper, the world's leading augmented reality platform and creative studio. With over 11 years of experience working with the world's biggest brands through Zapper Creative Studio. Zapper also has an award-winning web AR platform, Zapworks, that lets you create your own mobile AR magic. Finally, check out their Zap Box, the most affordable mixed reality headset on the planet. Start creating AR over at zap.works or talk to them about your next AR project at zapper.com. Good morning, everybody. I'm Charlie Fink with Ted Chilowitz and Ronnie Abovitz. It's This Week in XR for June 2nd, 2023. Uh, I am at AWE in Santa Clara, California, which is right outside San Jose. It's in Silicon Valley with uh, 6,000 of my close personal friends uh, talking about uh, AR and VR and all things spatial and volumetric. Um, Ted, you were
1: missed. I I felt missed. I felt the energy in the room. I did watch your fantastic Rodeon Portal You In Live uh, um, uh, event, which was great. Uh, I think it was probably one of the highlights of the conference. Is the conference still going on today or is it done yeah, today? Yeah, today's
0: the last day of the, expo, day. Of the yeah. expo.
1: But all the talks are done now, yeah? Or There's still, uh, more I, talks there's there.
0: still some today, but obviously right. people get to go on Friday. It's, you know. Not the best. Yeah, there host. were some good ones. I mean, I caught Neil's
1: opening stuff, um, which was fine. I'm not nothing really sort he's of,
0: not the most dynamic speaker. Yeah, I mean,
1: nothing really groundbreaking there, but I tell you, I watched Super Nice guy. Room. By
0: the way, I had a great conversation with him in the speaker ready room for about a half an hour. Um, uh, just about writing. Yeah,
2: How I mean, just I say mean, something about,
1: about
2: that. Yeah. Too. Uh, I had the most amazing um like, like hangout day with Neil. It was in front of a, a conference talk we were at and he basically was working on a story and we were, we just sort of disappeared and we had milk and cookies. And for four or five hours, there was no one else around. He turned into Neil, the storyteller. Mm. When there's not a lot of people around, he's like a really different person. Um, but uh, in public, he, he told me this, he's like an ent, you know, from Tolkien. Um, but, but behind the scenes, he's much more, much more of a
0: life. Yeah, yeah. You can, I, you I, can I... tell, you can tell that, that being the face of Lamina one, uh, has not been, he he told me, I told myself 2022 is going to be all about Lamina One, and then I was going to get to go back to writing. He said, but it's very hard to stop once you get started, you know, being the face of the company, working with, you know, all the engineers on, on trying to realize the vision as they slowly onboard people like Rebecca Barkin. Um, so, you know, starting a company is very, very, and it's experience. exciting you yes. you
2: don't want to walk away you know? yes. it's, it's,
0: so it's anyway fun. Laminum one people were here of course uh as well as uh folks like alvin graylin everybody asked about you ted um i, I will say this um this is exactly the same as awe always is. yeah so in that sense you've had this experience 10 times
1: <laughs> yes that's true and they'll be always they'll be always
0: next year um, and, and they'll be next year and it'll be exactly the same again that's yeah, yeah. what's good about it and that's also why you can miss one and just be missed and it'll be right. fine and again as i said to you last week when we were talking about this everybody you want to talk to you talk to all the time anyway that's true
1: yeah, yeah. in fact i was talking to our metaphysics physics friends yesterday in a meeting Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> but it's interesting roni you mentioned about neil in in, in a more private setting he's because we you know we've had a couple of creative meetings in Los Angeles about projects he's incredibly gregarious and interesting in a smaller more intimate setting because he's a writer and he wants to create and you know it's fascinating but I'll tell you the one session that I did watch you know because I was obviously tuning in remotely as much as I could um, and I caught part of it and I want to go back and watch the whole thing at the end of yesterday they brought an author who I'm a huge fan of named Daniel Suarez onto the stage I don't know what Charlie yeah, he's or, great uh, chance to watch His talk. Damon, right? Damon. Damon is his first book, and he's written four or five other books. He was so on point and so interesting. And I had to kind of pop in and out because I was doing other stuff. But I think I would encourage everybody to listen to this, that listening is to this to watch his session because I have a feeling the stuff I missed was just as good as the stuff I watched.
0: This the all the talks are going to be uh, free and posted sometime next week on awe.live for those of you who are listening. Uh, and, uh, of course, you know, the talks are one of the best parts of AWE. Every topic, uh, was covered. So tracks that I missed and talks that I missed, there's so many, you know, conflicts. You you have to make choices. It's a little like South by Southwest, yeah. but unlike South by Southwest, you can go back later and see the talks. So,
2: can, uh, can I tell you what, uh, Charlie, I, mean, I was only there as a photon. You were there physically. Ted was there in spirit, but I feel like this year's AWE feels very important. And the reason is like in the midst of AWE, you know, Meta makes a huge announcement and the specter of whatever Apple may do next week is coming. It feels like AWE is perfectly positioned to be that place absorbing the energy. And I don't know if, if you, if the excitement was palpable, but I think people feel like XR is about to get its second or third big boost Another breath. And, and people who've been hanging on and, and, you know, waiting for that. It feels like a big player is going to enter, but the whole market may start to like, pick up again and move in an interesting way.
0: Apple and AI are obviously the topics du jour. Last year, we were talking about the metaverse. Nobody's really talking about that now. AI has kind of sucked the uh, actually, Avi Barziv, who we've had on the show, who's worked on a lot of the major headsets, including the Apple come, uh, upcoming Apple Reality One, um, gave a great talk. And he was talking about hype bubbles in the metaverse specifically. And he said, hype does not deflate. It explodes. Yeah. You know, and the metaverse took months and months of hype <laughs> before anyone started paying attention. And then this, the hype went on uh, for another year. But inevitably, there was a pop. And he gave examples of all the different pops, and he's predicting the same thing with AI. We have ridiculous expectations of what it's going to do, and in about six months, everybody's going to turn around and say, "Who said this was going to change the world?" <laughs> and and then, uh, with the hype deflated, it will go on to change the world.
2: Yes, that's the thing. After after all the people who don't know what they're talking about start like buzzing around, and then and then when it doesn't happen in three seconds but it really does like it really ultimately does have that like next kind of phase to it where it does restructure change the world probably not in ways that everyone completely anticipates
0: so uh, i thought our talk went well Rony. uh and uh for those of you listening we uh was in fort lauderdale in uh, something called an art box which is um you know, He's being shot against a white background with a stereo camera and it's projected into this box sitting on stage. And I was physically live and we had a conversation. I thought the latency was
1: okay, not great. Uh, but people- okay remote, watching it remote, the latency was better than I've seen from some big broadcast satellite uh, and network things. Like, yeah, the sat- felt satellite like you guys having know. a
0: conversation. Satellite things are notoriously bad, and of course you see it in, in TV news where they say, "I'm yeah. going to you now, Ted," and it takes like <laughs> ten pause. seconds for yeah, Ted okay. to actually hear what the guy just uh, yeah. said on the air. So,
2: but Charlie, as a as an aspect of like co-presence, which I, I think is going to be one of the big big things in XR. Yes, like this was a whole contraption to do that, but. I think we're, we can already do things where you don't need that contraption, but you and I both have to have a headset, but it feels like in this next five to 10 years, what you and I did that took some setup may just become like, we, like we're like we doing the Zoom right now and and might be a lot more fluid. Like I could walk on the stage, you and I could look each other in the eye, we could share digital objects. Uh, more and more, you'll feel like you're actually there. That That's gonna be very interesting. I mean, for those of us who've experienced it that behind the scenes, not the thing we did on stage, but like where all that goes, you just, you know, it's happening. It just tastes it.
0: One of the things I know is going to be in the Apple device is some kind of avatar chat that has presence and they worked really hard on that. I think that may be one of the things that's kind of delayed them uh, because they really, really think messenger is important. Mm. And messenger has, as social media has become more distrusted, messenger has been the benefit has benefited from it. So, well,
1: as a, as a precursor to what may happen next week or in three days, um, what do you guys think of the Quest Three? Do you think they're back on track after the Quest Pro was a little bit of a miss? You're shaking your heads, no.
2: Oh, no, it's a really great, great. I love that you brought it up because their timing was like awe. <laughs> we dropped this as a spoiler in front of Apple, but anyway, I want. I love to hear Charlie's take first. I have a I have a pretty, pretty well,
0: dark. It's, it's the most impressive thing is the color pass through and they need to, and they showed a a bumper TV type thing, a minute and a half of the headset and the kind of experiences you can have with it. And if you really can have mixed reality experiences, uh, I think the headset could represent a great new direction for them. Meta is in a tough position with VR. They pitched this device to gamers and Gamers prefer game consoles. They they did did not draw them away from those other screens. Their utilization has crashed. Um, you know, they said they sold a billion and a half dollars of software in two years. That is nothing. There's nothing.
2: Well, any startup would have happy to take that. You know, but they're not a startup.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah them, spent, it's nothing. They spent ten billion to return a billion, so it's a little bit of a no, no. They
0: spent way more than ten billion. $10 billion. So, um, so I think I don't think this headset is going to solve that problem, Mm. right? You have one sitting in a drawer and you're like, okay, I know virtual reality. That said, the specs are much better. It's much lighter. It generates less heat. It's got the new Snapdragon chip in it, which is uh, very twice as fast as the current generation. Uh, So it's going to be better. It's still super cheap at $400. In my opinion, they must be taking a loss, still taking a loss at that price because the retailer is going to take 30, 50% 30, 50% of the retail price. So um I I hope the mixed reality, I expect the mixed reality will be good. And you know, the trick is, do they have the kind of software for mixed reality that makes you when you see somebody else's say, I have to have that? And, yeah, and, and and it's not, and and this is where they could peel away from competing with console games. So
2: Charlie, yeah. here, here's my take on what's gonna happen. Um one, if Apple does something next week, I'm I'm still holding out. There's a little, <laughs> at this point maybe a ten percent chance it was all just noise and rumor. But there's so much shaking of the trees, there's probably a bear and elephant in the woods. So let's say ninety percent chance they do something next week. I would not want to be working at Reality Labs the next day after that because I think there's going to be yelling and screaming, and and all kinds of stuff. But here here's what's going to happen. Interesting. Mark is a very committed person and a fighter and i'm just i'm just saying because i you know this is just sure. my take i've met yeah. him and i have met tim cook over the years i'll just give you my perspective i think what's really interesting is like mark loves to play strategy games and the tougher the opponent the more he goes into gear right so it's, it's kind of like this is like the thing that's getting him going because it's not easy it's like suddenly you find an opponent that makes your game go up and is beating you and Apple's going to crush them next week if they ship something. But then what is he going to do? He's going to do everything in his human and, and superhuman surrounding powers with every penny he's got to figure out how to beat them. Once Apple shows its hand, you could then extrapolate where they're going because they're not like massive innovators beyond the first drop. It's kind of like you can just go, all right, once you see the first thing, we could draw a picture of like the, you know, the X reality Apple 10. Mark's going to go into complete overdrive and like focus the team on beating them and getting them better prices and marshalling everyone who hates Apple, every kind of manufacturer, partner, whatever. I think you're going to see like this intense intensity, but it's going to feel like an epic, almost like the Avengers Infinity War. I think it's going to be like this really amazing moment where these sides battle up uh, because the huge alpha predator has shown up on the scene and all the others are kind of like realizing this is an existential threat materialized. It's no AWE longer is the possibility of Apple destroying them. It's
0: real now. AWE is mostly developers, right? That's, that's why Magic Leap is here. That's why x is here. And um, it, it, the Apple launch is going to be nothing but good for those developers. And Qualcomm has developed a plug-in to or an SDK for game engines that makes interoperability almost an afterthought. So you can develop for the Quest 3 and the Pico 4 at the exact same time. There's You don't have to do anything. Spaces does everything for you. And it saves developers weeks of work, right? It used to be really hard to port an HTC Vive uh, uh, title to, let's say, the Quest. It was, you know... A journey, adjusting the number of polygons per frame, you know, all the, changing the controller configurations. It was, you know, people had to think about, is it worth it? It's so much time. So uh, that's going to go away. So, so, so the here's Apple a- thing, I'm sure Apple will get integrated into Unity and uh, Unreal are very good platforms for mobile development.
2: Unreal and Apple, I don't know. I don't know. Well, really. Unreal is,
0: is participating in, in spaces now. So I, I would expect they're they're going to extend it. I, they'd be foolish if they didn't embrace the Apple ecosystem. And my point is with all the developers here, this is they're nothing great for them. This is nothing but great for them.
1: Okay, so here's a philosophical question for the both of you. Um, knowing what has happened uh, in the last war that you're sort of referring to, Roni, uh, of the smartphones, um, do you think when and if Apple put something into the market. Now, we know that Samsung and Google have already announced this partnership to build some sort of headset product. They've been a little more public than our friends you know, on the Apple side of the world. Um, do, you, do you see the same trajectory where Samsung, Google, HTC, Opio, all the other sort of companies that will build look-alike products to the iPhone We'll learn from what Apple eventually does within that marketplace, and just builds effectively the clone, um, which is what the Android device is—is is a clone of the iPhone. Um, so, do what you think, I think is
2: going to happen? Is that, um, and I, I'm biased on this on one of these parts. They're going to have the Apple device in the lab, and they're going to have the Magic Leap two in the lab, and every team in the world is going to be tearing down both of those mm. and trying to figure out how do you get the best of both. Because mm-hmm. the race is going to be um, whatever qualities Apple shows, it's still, if if the rumors are true, you're still doing pass-through video. And then you have the existence proof that you don't need that. And that's a much bigger adoption. You can actually see the world directly. And then some players are like, how do we fuse them? When do we fuse them? What happens? There's going to be this really interesting race for the, the, the 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 merger of those two things into a much lighter system. By the way, I think like Chinese companies, Korean companies, Japanese companies, now that Apple lays something out, they're going to go into overdrive. They're, they're going to throw the machinery of like miniaturization and they have massive, massive graduates in optics, like a thousand times more than we do in the United States. I mean, there's going to be all sorts of innovation in optics coming out of China and Japan and Korea once Apple lays down its gauntlet and they may outpace everyone in the West. It's going to be very interesting.
0: So, people have been asking me here.
1: Okay, is it a confirmed? Is it a confirmed thing that Meta has made a partnership with Magic Leap on the optics side, or is it just extended rumors and stories? Is I it confirmed? Know. I don't know. Because I think your point, Roni, is pretty interesting, right? If uh, if if Mark Zuckerberg, as you said, he he will not give up a fight, and he's very aware and smart around the technology around him. Um, did he make a really good pick, even if it's not fully public yet? And those rumors are true. Is that a really smart trajectory for him?
2: I will say this. I'm going to avoid that question entirely. What I can answer, there there is public information about the amount of IP magically passed. Mm. Um, I won't comment about beyond that. But if you look at that, if you understood how many claims there are per patent, it's my view and obviously bias, I think it's impossible for any major player not to be stepping all over, yeah. uh, all over all those claims. Ah, right. So I think there's going to, if you're really gearing up for battle, like, you know, who's the allies, who's the axis. I, I think sides are going to get drawn. It's going to be like, it's, it's going to be Apple OS versus possibly everybody. Oh because yeah. Everyone else stands to lose. Apple is an entirely closed ecosystem. And they are going to charge whatever toll they want. And that's what Tim Sweeney is rallying about. You might find like an entire armada of everyone else gearing up against Apple because Apple's so big and so good. Uh, you might find like enemies becoming bedfellows. Like it's going to be very interesting.
0: Everybody here, you know, when they stop you in the hallway after the expo floor opens, they're like, What have you seen? What have you seen? And I always say, What are you excited about? <laughs> 4K per eye, that's what I'm excited about. <laughs> Give me 4K per eye. I'm just gonna look at it. It's gonna be like being in outer space. You know, you're not gonna be on Earth when you're looking through 4K per eye.
1: All I can say is I wish I had a piece of the internet traffic uh, money uh, on June 5th. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> so someone's giving a lot of money.
0: I'll be I'll Google be in front of the computer uh, at uh, <clears throat> whatever it is 8 a.m. Pacific uh, to uh, to see it. And Shirley, can we make an on-air
2: prediction about it go ahead if you look at the i think it's like 326 pixels per inch i gotta double check that which is the apple watch um, and if you look at where it is against your eye mm-hmm. right you know, I'll, I'll explain why i'm bringing this up it's sort of like eye to wrist which is like 12 to 14 inches right so retina resolution is not a at least not the way they're going to do it with a display. That kind of display, it's not everywhere, right? It's at a certain distance. This is my guess that it's being set between eye and like where you might hold an Apple Watch, and maybe some distance out. There'll be some kind of like zone where they've tested it that you'll have like this kind of retinal resolution thing, and and it you won't be able to bring it in earlier because they'll sort of dial in the focus of the optics to be at that distance. Why am I saying this? I think the Apple Watch represents the lowest resolution i personally expect them to ship if they ship worse than that i think it's going to just going to be tarred and feathered by the press i think it has to be at least that good Um, and the apple watch isn't perfect but it is if you have that against your eye it's going to be better than any other virtual reality system by far even the really expensive ones with the foveated they're able to actually make it across the entire thing So you just basically appear retinal resolution, really sharp, really clear. I think that's why they went with pass-through in order to make that happen. And my guess is it's gonna be very, very close to the pixel density or the retinal resolution quality of an Apple watch against the eye at that distance. But let's see what happens on on Monday.
0: So fellas, I think this is- Look Look
2: at Ted, wait, Ted gave it away. You're a bad poker player, Ted. You I'm just not an you. Just, you just I'm made just an eyebrow. Eye-to-eye eye-to-eye. I know, you know,
0: keep, keeping secrets from us, Ted, is not good for our relationship. <laughs> I think I've
1: mentioned that. <laughs> I don't have them, any yeah. secrets. I don't know anything.
2: <laughs> it's possible <laughs> Ted doesn't know anything
1: at all. It's very possible I don't know anything about anything. <laughs> yeah, I guess,
0: but... Uh, Your I, smile I don't know, I don't know if you away. get Star Trek without Ted.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, all I can tell you without revealing or not revealing what i may or may not know about anything (laughs) in the world is my instinct is there's a game time decision to be had that what is it it's june 2nd today and they've got three days to decide Twenty percent chance it
2: ain't happening so you think
1: there do you think there are some engineers pulling all-nighters right now i i kind of do and i yes and I kind of wonder, is there a line in Vegas on betting, will Apple release a new product category on June 5th? Is there a bet can be made? Ted, I'm on record
2: saying there's a 20% chance nothing happens, 80% it does. That's that's
1: a, that's a healthy bet. I would take that bet in, in Vegas. I'd take that line.
0: Fellas, I got to get back to work. Um. Coming up after the show, I've got a couple of interviews I did. I talked to John ricciatello yesterday. He has some great perspectives. He's the CEO of Unity. Uh, I'm going to try and get Paul Travers. Uh, you know, everybody has been on this podcast at this point, so I'm just trying to grab a, a few bites. I will tell you one thing about Paul Travers, uh, the co-founder and CEO of Vuzix, which for those of you who don't know, they, they have generally made uh, industrial headsets. Uh, They're very good. Their headsets are highly regarded. So they're a public company worth over a billion dollars. And you walk in the room, Vuzix has the booth right next to the door. And there's Paul Travers standing in the booth, pitching a a bunch of random strangers. Yeah. And, you know, typically in a booth, you you don't find the CEO. Of a billion dollar company? On his feet, (laughs) (laughs) you know, pitching his heart out for uh, you know, his company's product. And
1: it, it shows you why he has been successful. I do have one AWE question before you wrap up, Charlie. <coughs> How do we think our friends at Qualcomm did this year? Because, you know, Rick. for those that don't track this as close as we do, Qualcomm owns this sector. I mean, they own everybody's- They're blue, the unifying blue. glue. Except that, for two. Except for two, that's correct. Except for Magic Leap and maybe our friends at Cupertino. Um right but I'm just curious how they showed this year. How'd they do?
0: They did great. I mean, Snapdragon has, I mean, the Spaces uh, software has turned out to be, uh, I mean, every time Spaces was mentioned in the room on day one, people broke out in applause. But people are genuinely grateful to uh, Qualcomm and it doesn't cost anything. Mm -hmm. It's just free and it becomes part of your development interface. So I think what they did was significant and, uh, people appreciated it i mean they're very popular uh here hugo gave a keynote several of the, their other executives spoke uh, i think they're the gold sponsor like the maybe zapper is uh zapper is also very present here for um, uh he, they are our sponsor and our friends uh they have a new headset by the way they they used to have the zap box which was cardboard it was the cardboard of ar they sold about 5,000 of those. And now they're making the second generation. And the second generation, you don't have to put together. they It comes all put together. I'll write about this in the column when I get around to that later this weekend. Um, and, and there's a plastic holder for your smartphone. Uh, but it is very, very good. The anchoring, you know, you know, with the paper one, they had a lot of anchoring and registration problems. They didn't have a lot of software. That was 2016. Right now, it's 2023, and the second wow. generation is really good. There's so many things like that that, that I want to tell you guys about and that I want to write about. So, uh, AWE is great. Uh, I miss you, Ted Roney. You would have so much fun here if you were next in year, I next don't year, think you understand what a celebrity you would be. Next
2: year at AWE, uh, re- 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 really quick, um, we there's one interesting news announcement that I, I wanted to drop that, that we'd be remiss not to. So, yesterday... There's a startup in LA called Emerge. I don't know if you guys know them, but they make a like a multi-sensory haptic touch system. They announced a partnership with Disney.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just
2: thought that was interesting. Like, uh, you know, there's a lot of noise, Apple, and all that stuff. But what's what's really interesting about Emerge, and I know I know Sly Lee. I don't know if you guys have met him.
0: Oh yeah, this the is founders. the right. This is the. Yeah. You're not wearing a glove. He's you're using air. Right there's a it's pad like, like,
2: over your hand like a it's mouse. It's like pad. a tablet that sits on the table and you put yes. your hand through. Now, what's interesting, um, I'm just bringing it up because everything has been about visual and sound and haptics with gloves. What I find interesting about Emerge is that, like, you know, think about a loved one. You know, you're you're in Europe, you're in China, you're in the United States or loved ones in Mexico. The ability to touch someone and have that feeling is actually something that's been overlooked, and, and it's where they put all their focus. I just yeah. think it's interesting that they have a partnership with Disney that got announced yesterday. Um, something for us to put in the back of mind, because it's like the multi-sensory expansion of XR is is really interesting. Like AI is the intelligence piece. There's visual, there's sound feel, but like touch is going to make it feel very profound.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, our friends from the AR house, you know, like the thing in the bed and Lucas, in- yeah. there's, there's all, all these like more human emotional things coming. I think like Emerge is representing like yeah. a, a more emotional interaction which is not only Wiz, Wizzy Graphics. I just think it's something interesting and, and we could go into it another. Yeah, it's
1: it's interesting. I've, I've tested the device for It'll years and years. Um, I felt like the promise and the concept and the philosophy was very strong, but the execution never got anywhere close to me getting excited about like the actual delivery. Now you put Disney and Disney's aspirations with a technology company like that. Maybe that's a magic chemistry that turns this into something that a guy like me and regular people around the world are amazed by. I was not amazed at any stage of testing this thing, um, but the that concept mean, you're
2: excited by. That
1: doesn't mean my my euphoria around getting it right isn't mm-hmm. there. I'll tell you what I did do at South by um, is there's a, a company uh, called DoCoMo that bought um, a they bought a lot of different startups, technology startups. They bought a small startup that was doing a haptic. A pneumatic vest that allowed you to do a virtual uh, remote hug and it was it fully weepy kind of experience really you imagine giving a hug to someone that is no longer alive a relative of yours and you can have a vr version of them and they oh, wow. hug you and it's just the synapses go crazy <laughs> it was i'd phenomenal. love to try that but super exotic. Like this is not anything they're going to take to scale. I think think, that's
0: part of the problem with what Sly has developed. I I like him, by the way. I think he's an interesting guy and a a, a really tenacious entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Um, That said, I thought there was too much friction. You to buy a big device, to put it next to your computer. It's going to be expensive. The sensation is mild.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's no way to There's no. Think about it at a theme
2: park, though, where you have... A story and the right setting, and it's hidden, and you just have that little element of magic. Totally. That's perfect. You surround it with this other
0: stuff. I think that's right. Exactly right.
1: You know, Disney knows how to make magic out of technology better than anybody else in the world. Imagine, imagine like touching Tinkerbell's finger
2: for just a second. Yeah. mm -hmm. And you're a kid, and and if it's all done in a way that's imagineered, I know you're at Paramount, Ted, but we both love it. No, I'm just very (laughs) excited. I'm a big fan of it. It'd
0: be awesome. yeah. So last thing I want to bring up. Gosh, this show is going to be long. Uh this last is thing great. I want to bring up. This is like the this is Leia, like the, free, the free jazz. Leia had uh, a display. You know, Leia is uh, the 3D mm-hmm. uh, iPad. It's an Android yeah. pad. Yeah. It is so unbelievably good. I yeah, totally got one. It's fun. To oh, watch you like it. Man. Okay, you do like it. Yeah, I really do. And they had a, yeah, a cool device. Yeah. Yeah, and they had a big display there in the in the front of the hall. I didn't get Ronnie. I'm going to try and get a shot that shows that Magic Leap is bordered on on one side by Space Top and on the other side by Xreal. Hey. <laughs> just just to drive you crazy. Okay, just don't get me going on that. Just, <laughs> guys, I wish you were both here. It's been fun, um but it is going to be just like this again next year. So, um you know, Ted. All you have to do is imagine last year to know right. what this year was about. <laughs> exactly. And and we again, thank it's everybody mostly that
2: helped us, like like Sonia and 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 that the whole team with the yes, with the A R H T. Did I say that right?
0: Art. It's called art, even though there's art. an H in the H-R-T yeah, I think Sonia and her art.
2: team, like the, the the fact that they just stuck to it, yes, it was so entrepreneurial, and they made it work. Yep. And and the team made it work, and everyone worked really hard. I don't think people realize how hard behind the scenes. For the, for the, for it the should have been a year. lot
0: easier than it was.
2: But the fact that the teams didn't give up, it's a human story. I just want yes. to thank Sung and everyone yes. involved. It was great.
0: Um, yeah, they uh, they did a great job. Uh, this is a very, very well-run show. Um, and, you know, they have a big stage. You know, there were over 700 people in the room uh, for our presentation. And, and I think many thousands listening uh, live. I, I don't know what the number was, but uh, they were expecting about 10,000 people. Uh, last
2: tomorrow. idea for, for next year do you want to do a this week in xr augie special award do you want to create a category that that is picked yeah. by this group
0: Ooh. all right we got a year to think about this i like that a year though. to think about it i, I yeah. like that though by the way I, i've run everybody i run into is like i'm a fan of the podcast
1: it's cool so, well, I, I put my AWE presentation for this year in the closet until <laughs> next year, so we'll see how it goes. It, yeah. Does it hold up a year from now?
2: I guess we'll find out. But Ted, we're really glad you picked the the Recover speedily and home path yes.
1: well i charlie i hope you don't get a cold i talked to about six friends that were there and half of them have a cold I so have a cold. i probably made, you do have a cold i probably made the right decision because you made the right decision doctors would literally take me out back and shoot me if i got a cold like you, you, you may not get a cold
0: you so. made the right decision Abs- absolutely 100 mm-hmm. percent um and and uh, people people are concerned you know everybody asks so um, and and everybody was very relieved to hear you're on the mend and going back to work and uh, all working inside there, and you know, have, have retained your sense of humor and your love of life. So uh, that's what it's all Patriots,
2: about. Patriots, right? There's a QB spot open or <laughs>
0: yeah, maybe never know. <laughs> all right, everybody, that's our show for this week. Hang on for the interviews from AWE. I'm here with John Richitello from unity uh, who just gave a talk, which uh, revolved around uh sustainability, but it hit a whole lot more, and I'd like to catch up on a couple of those topics with you right now, John, starting with uh, the state of the metaverse. You gave a great talk last year uh, where you defined it incredibly broadly, and obviously that was very wise uh, today. Uh, Has AI completely made the conversation about the metaverse irrelevant, uh, or is it just going to sleep for a while?
4: So, um, look, a year ago I talked about the metaverse in terms very different than you see or hear from a lot of companies. I, I I talked about it as being more real-time, 3D, interactive, social, persistent. What I was getting at, and said quite bluntly last year, it's not about a canned 3D world where you know you sort of hang out and other people come to join you because I don't think that's actually a particularly big idea. Um, and so what I was talking about within the construct of Unity is we're building lots of metaverses. They're digital twins for our customers and they're getting all sorts of things from whether it's classrooms or manufacturing lines or entire environments for doing R&D but they're getting something very specific not this broad generic everything plugs in. And so honestly I left this event and went home to Unity and said we're not allowed to use the word metaverse anymore. And the reason I said that was you know, while I thought we had a crisp definition for what it meant, this conference convinced me there were 4,000 definitions. And most of them were not likely to last as long as it took me to drive back to San Francisco. <laughs> and so I felt that the word had become um, so meaningless that it was destined to fall. And so that was sort of my sense of things going into and out of AWE last. Time.
0: AI. How's it going to affect Unity, and most importantly, Unity's developers?
4: So, I think I give you a very different answer on AI versus, you know, when we're talking about the metaverse. Now, first off, in the context of things, think about all of the biggest sort of meme technologies that get talked about, and then which ones are real. In my lifetime, we've seen 2D gaming giving way to 3D gaming, we've seen the internet, come along and, you know, get multiplier off the couch and into your living room. Um, We've seen mobile. We've seen a lot of discussion. I remember when some reason we had to digitally print everything, Um, you know, Web3, Metaverse, and now AI. And I think it's super important to distinguish which of those are small ideas or non-ideas and which of those are really big ideas. So, you know, early on in my career, I, I bet a career on... 3D gaming prevailing over 2D gaming and moving all of our technology in that direction. That turned out to be a good call. Um, the Another call that, that, that many people had to make was, are they going to build multiplayer gaming? If you look at games, you know, like the, the biggest, you know, first-person shooter games, they were single-player games, and then they became multiplayer games, and almost nobody even plays the campaign anymore. It's all about multiplayer. So certain things have changed the fabric of things. And I would argue that while I'm just deprecating a little bit and, and being somewhat negative about the notion of metaverse, um, I was equally sort of negative on issues Web3. It doesn't mean it won't be Web3 applications and games and it won't be metaverse applications, but I am really bullish on AI. I think it's the biggest thing we've seen. It's going to be profoundly important.
0: Um, can, can we elaborate on that a little bit? In what ways in the creative process do you think it's going to contribute to changing games and, and developing what games are today as an art form?
4: So, I would argue that for sort of a gaming community, um, there's two and a half ways that it's going to change everything. So, one is content creation. So, you know, the question of like, is generative art, is is AI going to replace you as a programmer, replace you as an artist? The answer to that question, I think, is no. But you might be challenged for your job by a creator, a programmer, or technologist, or an artist that does use AI effectively. It is going to make you more productive. It's going to make you more successful. It is going to make you you know, infinitely able to produce more work faster. Now, great companies are going to say, hey, I've got this turbocharger. Do I make a better game or do I make the same game cheaper? And in the scheme of things, the guys that make, the, the companies, the guys and gals that make better games are going to prevail. So... Um, there's going to be a tendency for some, the narrow-minded and the small-minded, to, to just make the same thing cheaper. And you know, certain you know, AAA games, for example, have got so expensive to build. I get the notion. But what this uncorks is limitless possibilities within the construct of what we used to build. You can build bigger, better, and faster. And you need to learn the skills. If you're if you're a programmer and you're not, you know, working with a co copi- or something like it. If you're not, if you're an artist, not working with. Some of these tools, Now you're going to go back and forth between deterministic tools where you might go, you know, something in, a, in generative art and then go back to Maya to edit and all the things you do. It's going to go back and forth. I mean, you know, if you're trying to write a script, you're going to prompt with natural language. You're going to bring it back into, you know, and edit yourself. You're going to go back and forth. Your creativity is still at the core. Don't forget that. I'm, I'm a true believer in that. This is your turbocharger. It's a platform to stand on. That's One. The second one is it's possible now to create things that you couldn't create before. So typically in a, a game of any type, not, not all of them, but many of them, there are inanimate objects, NPCs, non-player characters. And um, we're tired of these things sometimes because they're, you know, somebody wrote three they're lines fake. of dialogue. They're fake. But they're fake.
0: You know, I mean, you're talking about InWorld's product. I'm, I'm moderating a panel with uh, Kalen, the founder, and John Guetta, their creative chief oh, creative, this afternoon.
4: Well, and so these characters are fake, and somebody wrote, somebody brilliant wrote, three lines of dialogue for them, or five lines of dialogue, and I credit you for that creativity. But who wants to interact with an NPC with three lines of dialogue? It's like, <laughs> you know, opening the same fortune cookie three times and right. hoping for inspiration on the third read. It's not going to be exciting. And so what I think we're going to find is it's going to be possible to take a, a character, with that character is a giraffe, a rock, a car, but more likely than not some sort of human or humanoid, and you're going to be able to give it a backstory, you're going to be able to give it ambitions, and it will interact with you in a way that feels real in what was the jailbroken version of large language models when you could <laughs> interact with them you know, before the powers that be shut them down. Right, right, right. And they can interact with each other. Mm. And you can create... So the game could go on with you not there. The world can go on with yeah. you not there. So you can build a model of the Bronx or a model of Brooklyn, fill it with a million NPCs, and that world can be alive in such a way that just hanging out would be cool. So it sounds a little like Westworld. It sounds a lot like Westworld. <laughs> and, and the point here is when we create that, when you create that... Um, You're going to find that the entire notion of building a game is sort of inverted in process. You know, just like, you know, ChatGPT, you'll build all these NPCs. They're going to need to be trained by human interaction. Mm -hmm. So instead of maybe putting a beta out there, you'll put a, put a untrained, you know, character building version out there. And will that not be wild? When when they're, I mean, I don't know what that's going to be like. It's it's going to be. I don't think anybody does, right? And we don't, and that's what's exciting. And just to plug a little bit for Unity here, what most people imagine is they're going to sort of plug, you know, ChatGPT or or some similar tool into the brain cells of of one of these characters. But that's an expensive process and it's slow. It's going to ping a server, and you know, by itself that could take a while. It's got to conjure the answer, not as fluid and and potentially quite expensive. One of the technologies we've developed at Unity, um, we call it Barracuda now, it's a code name, we'll give it a real name in, in a matter of months, but um, it's an inference engine that sits in time the run, inside the runtime, which is on the mobile device, or it's in the console, or it's in the PC. So what that enables you to do is when you're, if you want these NPCs to be alive, they can be alive with the same response time of any other you know command response that you would give in a game, instantly, and because you're using the CPU and the GPU on device, from your perspective, it's largely free. Um, you know The alternative is to have a game that you got paid X dollars or minutes or, or, or pennies for and then have to pay two cents a, a minute to you know, some nameless, very large company that's charging you, you know, for that. And why not do it on device where you can build your business successfully while breaking new ground creatively, creatively?
0: John, it's been a great conversation. I appreciate you taking time with us today. And uh, hopefully we'll see you on the podcast again soon.
4: All right. Thanks, Charlie.
0: Hey, I'm here with Hugo Swart. He is the man in XR, uh, the Qualcomm chips that his company makes, powers most of the XR devices in our world. And they have a leadership role at this conference. They speak every year. They're one of the gold sponsors. They have very prominent booth for Snapchat Spaces, which has been universally acclaimed by every single developer here. Every time Hugo in his keynote mentioned Snapchat Spaces, people spontaneously broke out into applause. Hugo, that must have been very satisfying.
3: No, it was great. Yeah, I think uh, we, we really like AWE. You know the community is so vibrant and um you see a lot of the innovations that are coming um, and here you know we we focused on two main areas first was on the new devices uh using our chips uh, we showed um uh, OPPO, uh, with their new uh, mr uh headset you know and um and then uh, lenovo showing you know their vrx now commercially available with snapdragon spaces and and then on augmented reality uh, you have the all-in-ones with um, um, DigiLens and, and TCL Rayneo, both um, uh, on Snapdragon Spaces. So that's right, you heard a lot of Snapdragon Spaces and, uh, and, and excitement in the, in the show with all these hardware supporting it. And then on the software and ecosystem, uh, we announced a new feature uh, called Dual Render Fusion. And uh, the idea there is that you take a, a smartphone applications that once you have a glass paired with it, just become better. You know, you still continue uh, using uh, the the app on the phone, but once the app detects, oh, there is a glass, you have an extension. Uh, This could be a a game that now you play on the phone, but there's a map, there's explosions that you see around it. Uh, It could be a a cooking application, like we showed with Kitsch on stage. Uh, We showed another one with Red Bull so you know amazing amount of attraction we we have seen uh with uh, snapdragon spaces and in particular with the with this feature
0: Uh, a lot of excitement at the show for uh, apple's coming announcement about the reality one headset obviously it's a headset that uh, qualcomm doesn't have anything to do with you work with the smaller companies like google and samsung Uh, but um, what do you think the introduction of that device is gonna do for the community, even though its full impact won't be felt for a couple of years?
3: Well, you know, we we see, you know, uh, more people coming with hardware, just give uh, credibility to to our industry, uh, creates uh, excitement, create opportunity for uh, developers to uh, make money um, across uh, various hardware uh, form factors. So we welcome the introduction of uh, more hardware to to the industry.
0: Well, I hope it, it not only helps uh, the developers who we depend on make more money uh, but perhaps it will uh, continue to call attention to XR can can we talk about the Google Samsung project or is that uh, for some other time
3: well you know (laughs) we we we, uh, Samsung announced during the unpacked uh, event um, that uh, the three companies are are working together and uh, you know these are this come from uh, you know it's not new Right. I and mean, when you look into how we build um, Android together and how, you know, today the three companies uh, have a close collaboration across multiple segments. So this is one more segment that uh, the companies are, are working together.
0: So uh, I, I know that um, uh, we haven't seen the uh, the new Quest 3 yet but they did go to great lengths to uh, in their introduction yesterday talk about the new snapchat chip chip that's going to make things work a lot faster and load a lot faster and dissipate more heat and uh, just sounds like a, a huge advance in uh the xr2 uh chip set family so
3: what can you tell us about that i'll keep suspense on that but uh, <laughs> uh you know yesterday i think what uh, what was said is uh, it's a new platform uh, with twice the graphics uh, capability, so it's gonna uh, take uh, you know, devices to the, to the next level, and uh, we are super happy with the collaboration with, um, uh, with Meta. Um, you know, last year, uh, both our CEOs uh, announced a multi-generation collaboration, and um, you'll start to see the fruit of that um, uh, come to life.
0: I can't wait to see it. Hugo, thanks for your time, and we'll okay. look forward to seeing you at the next AWE.
3: All right, thank you so much. It was great seeing you. It was great to see, uh, you know, the the audience um, uh, here. The vibe, the the motivation uh, continues uh, in our in our industry.
0: See you next Friday. Have a great weekend. Thanks. Bye guys.